We've got a crossover show today. We're talking with the host of Locked On Huskers. We're going to cover everything you need to know for this matchup week one. Hey, you are no Locked happens, On Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. to Lockdown Golden Gophers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant. And we've got Derek Pearson, host of Lockdown Huskers on the show as well. We've got a whole lot to talk about when it comes to this Huskers football team. Thank you for taking the time to join us today, Derek. How's everything going? You ready for some football? Oh, man, this is what well, this is what we, we do all this for. Uh, is is to set up for football season and get things started. The kids are back in town. The town is crazy. Uh, there's lots going on here in Lincoln. Um, we've got a b- pretty big couple of days here. We got ninety thousand watching volleyball tonight. So uh, <laughs> it, there's lots going on. But eyes purely focused on Minnesota. <laughs> yes, yes, I feel that. And that I saw that volleyball thing going on today too. That is awesome. How. The whole community is surrounding the volleyball program out there. Love that. But let's – I'll keep it to football. I don't know if all my listeners want to talk volleyball right now. Um, So what are we expecting from week one? I'll stick to the offense to kind of kick this thing out. What are you expecting from the offense with Nebraska when it comes to so many changes with a new coach and a new offensive coordinator? Is there a style of play you're kind of expecting, or is it kind of a question mark from your end? Well, there's there's an there's an homage to the traditional Nebraska football, mm-hmm. and that Nebraska fans want this back. They 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 you they have shirts that say "Run the damn ball." Yeah. <laughs> That's that is is a big selling point, especially in year one for Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield, the offensive coordinator. Um, we have some tendencies that we can work from uh, with Satterfield at South Carolina and such. But what Matt Rule has done in the offseason in the transfer portal was possession, uh, line focus, and then having a quarterback that can help them move the chains and adjust with his feet uh, Mm -hmm. and then be safe and secure with the football. So um, Minnesota fans know as much about Nebraska's offense as we do here in Lincoln. We get to see minutes of practice, but we're basing it on the personnel, uh, the whispers, And then every now and then Matt Rule will slip up and tell you, hey, we're working on a certain thing. Um, But I would expect this is ground Nebraska in full uh, headed to Minneapolis. Awesome. Awesome. That's what I would maybe kind of leaning towards. I know that Coach Rule has talked about, you know, that he was kind of hired for his Temple style offense and what he did there. Now other elements as well. But when he mentions that he really wants to run the ball and he wants to play good defense outside of Anthony Grant, who we know is coming back this year and was a big time running back for y'all last year. Are there some younger names that have stood out to you on this roster in the running back room? Well, the running back one is actually Gabe, Gabe Irvin Jr. Okay. Uh, Gabe, the, the Georgia uh, recruit, uh, high school recruit came in. He won the job a year ago before getting hurt. Um, uh, put in tons of work, looks like a Sunday guy when you see him walking the streets uh, and walking around in practice. Gabe Urban Jr.'s guy, but I think you're going to get, in order for them to run the ball the way that he he, he feels like he needs to, you're going to get a dose of not only Gabe Urban Jr., 
uh, Anthony Grant, who put up just short of a thousand yards, mm-hmm. and then the veteran, the multitasking, multi versatile uh, Ramir Johnson. So those are the three, along with uh, you know, we'll sneak in a little jet sweep of Billy Kemp the fourth mm-hmm. uh, and Marcus Washington. You'll see a little bit of that as well, and then quite frankly, being ahead of the sticks so that, you know what, Jeff Sims can put his foot on the ground, get four yards, move the chains, let's start over again. I think that's a real good message that, look, if P.J. Fleck and that offense can't beat them up too bad if they're standing on the sidelines, they'll do it by ground Nebraska. Yeah, it sounds like they both are going to want to win the time of possession battle in this week one matchup. Classic Big Ten football. But I am curious about that wide receiver room. I know Washington was dinged up a little bit during fall camp, but it seems like he's back. Uh, Betts is gone from the program now. So who are the names that have jumped out to you that it could be heavily involved in that passing game? And also, I'm curious on your thoughts on Malachi Coleman, the true freshman. Could he see any time this season, or is he more likely a guy waiting in the wings? So... to, to Nebraska fans, we're familiar with Marcus Washington. Mm-hmm. We're familiar with Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, who caught the first touchdown last season before things went left and he decided to leave the program. He's back. He's more mature. He's found his way. Um, but to me, wide receiver one is Billy Kemp the fourth. Okay. And Billy Kemp had 60 and 70 kept seasons at Virginia. So – being in the slot, being able, they can move him all over the field, get him in motion. Um, I don't want to call him a possession receiver. I want to call him a, a good route running, safe receiver. This is a guy that will, you know, he'll get down, he, he, he gets separation, uh, low throws, so there's no, you know, tip drill nonsense going on. Um, he'll help Jeff Sims feel comfortable from hash to hash. And then if they move him outside to the outer thirds, it's a quick throw and letting him be athletic. So, those are the three. The surprise in this thing, well, there's two surprises. One that Xavier Betts, uh, who would have been put in to, to start, uh, would have been mm-hmm. the guy. Joshua Fleeks, who was brought in and, uh, by Nebraska to, to help Garrett McGuire, the receivers coach, kind of set the pace and tone. But he came into camp overweight, and they had to sit him down. Um, gotcha. But that's a veteran guy. To me, he would be the fourth uh, receiver. But Alex Bullock has stepped up, a local kid, whose brother also jumped up on the defensive side. So you've got two Bullock sons who are going to start their first games <laughs> for Big Ten football in Nebraska. Uh, it, it, it's it's pretty insane. But those are the five names okay. that, that lean in the most, that should get the most rep. And then you look towards the tight ends. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I love that. And that is helpful for the Gopher fans over here. Now, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the quarterback. I mean, that's the big name that everybody is kind of curious about over on Gophers Nation. So, I mean, over the course of his career at Georgia Tech, we've seen some ups and downs when it comes to turnovers. But do you think we'll continue to maybe see that trend? Or do you think that he's looked uh, maybe the next step up when it comes to taking care of the football in early fall camp? How's Jeff Sims looked so far? So the Jeff Sims story when it comes to Nebraska is about who he is as a person more than who he is as a player, as a quarterback. Um, He has taken over leadership. Offensively, he's the guy. He's been the guy. Um, And I think that was a big part of the decision-making process for Marcus Satterfield and and Matt Rule in choosing who quarterback one was going to be. Uh, Yeah, there was a competition, 
Um, some folks in Nebraska uh, and Husker Nation asked the question, well, why wasn't it Casey Thompson? That's for a whole other podcast. But the reality is that Jeff, they chose Jeff Sims, which tells me the style of play that seems to be the, the want and the need for this offense. That ball, you know, time of possession, uh, mm-hmm. quarterback moving the chains. Again, this is Casey Thompson was good at it, but it beat him up. Jeff Sims looks like a Sunday quarterback. Um, some folks here have whispered Cam Newton Jr. that it's going to be that style of play. Late Cam, you know, who put his foot in the ground. Strong arm. Accuracy is, is a thing. It's a real uh, issue and concern. Um, but what you can do with that is to put smaller receivers in traffic to make sure that, look, if I miss, I miss down. I don't miss up into chaos, tip drills, and, and high interceptions uh, there. Jeff Sims. As an athlete, uh, in the spring game, he was the best offensive player on the field, and it wasn't close. So his ability to to, to, to maneuver around defenses, uh, to avoid pressure, and then to frustrate defensive coordinators, the look would be trying to figure out what the two matchups are going to be with the linebackers uh, and who's going to, to, to take on Jeff Sims and keep him uh, inside the pocket instead of scrambling around causing chaos. Yes, that is definitely my biggest worry with this Gophers team. I feel like we haven't really had to take on a rushing quarterback of that caliber. And that's not saying that Jeff Sims is only a rushing quarterback because he's got a strong arm, like you've mentioned. But like we haven't had to take on Justin Fields. We didn't take them him on when he played for Ohio State. We haven't had to take on any rushing quarterbacks really outside of 2018 with an Illinois quarterback whom I mentioned on yesterday's show. So that's definitely a concern for me. And I think some Gophers fans out there but let's let's shift the focus. We're going to go to defense. But before we do that, we have to talk about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. So if every job, every potential hire out there these days feels like a high stakes wager for your small business, you want to be 100% certain that you have the best qualified candidates and access to them. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the right people for free and faster than ever. So make sure you go on, you create your free job post, then you can post a purple hiring frame on your personal profile picture to have others in your network help you find the right qualified candidates and use screening tools like screening questions and other simple tools to help you get those candidates faster and interviewed quicker. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post a job about your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so we're shifting things to the defensive side of things. Now, Nebraska is coming in with a fully different system, a 3-3-5 defense, and I think that it brings some elements of mystery for the Gophers preparing for this game. Now, some folks are like, okay, well, they've got White, who's coming in at the defensive coordinator, and we played him against the bowl game, but Nebraska's personnel and the athletes they get and everything like that isn't the same. So he can do more with these athletes. So tell me what you've seen in this change of systems. What intrigues you the most with the defensive change? Uh, Kane, I have to be honest with you about Tony White. Tony White gives me the greatest amount of hope for Nebraska football this season. Uh, His persona, his drive, his energy, uh, the way he educates and teaches his players gives me hope. Um, greater hope. And that's no slight against anybody else on the coaching staff. Right. But Tony White just feels like the guy that no matter what needs to be done, he has a plan for. And that's a rare thing. Even in, in high levels of college football, that's not always the case. 
Uh, the three three five, and he's familiar. Um, he's familiar to Minnesota fans. You remember he the, that Syracuse defense held Minnesota to under three yards a carry. And he, Tony White is very specific about trying to take something away mm-hmm. from his opponent. Take something away. The beauty of the three three five is that you're not beholden to anything that you can take away. If you decide, listen, I just don't want any deep throws. I'm going to take. Uh, I'll take that away. Um, if I've got a young quarterback, an inexperienced quarterback, I can throw drama at him, uh, get his eyes busy by trying to figure out, is this a three front? Is this a four? Is this a five? Yeah. Uh, where Where is the rover going to be on the field? Because the rover always changes the balance of the field. Um, identifying the different personnel on the field. Uh, Nebraska, as you talked about, Nebraska has some unique talent, uh, especially on the back end. The back mm-hmm. end of Nebraska's defense uh, and, and that three and that five, um, there are some dudes. Uh, the, the, the question becomes, what does P.J. Fleck in Minnesota decide that they, they're going to try to do? What mm-hmm. are the means of attack? And then are they willing to stick to it? Because if I would bet that Nebraska says we're going to take away the running game um, and, and make Kaliak Manis beat us with his arm. Like that's right. the like I would I would imagine that that would be the plan. There's depth at at both the linebacker and the defensive back rooms. There's depth in those rooms. The question, just like Minnesota, it's the big it's the big guys up front. Mm-hmm. Do you have the depth and experience that makes you feel comfortable walking into a Big Ten season? And Nebraska has that. Like they they've got one horse who has just copious amounts of work. Uh, Ty Robinson's the guy and his leader, and he's a better version than he was a year ago, 100%. The young, the other guys around him, that's where you have some question marks, and some of that will just be personnel, rotation, situation, and circumstance. That's what we're going to watch. For sure. And I, like you said, though, uh, so the, even if that defensive line is kind of the question, that's the biggest question mark, that three three five can maybe hide some of those issues because you don't know where the pressure is coming from. It might not be coming from the defensive line. Their job might just be to take two and open up a crease for the linebacker blitzing down the middle. So it's definitely something that could be difficult, especially for a young quarterback like Ethan Kaliakmanis. I think it's going to be really interesting. But if you had to say looking at this week's game like there's one group one room one position of concern for you and the Nebraska Cornhuskers when it comes to week one what would that room be it's the receiver group from Minnesota okay. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I, I having listened to you talk um about this team and about this group uh and then looking at the roster and of course you're talking to to, to host from other other teams uh, but when you look at Minnesota's depth, at receiver, different positions that they're in the receiver group, the tight end group, uh, catching out of the backfield, which is a thing that, again, is a game changer. That's part of the chess match uh, that we're going to watch is to see what Minnesota does with its backs out of the backfield um, and whether mistakes can be created because, quite frankly, against the three three five, the big fear is that you vacate the backfield and here comes a rover downhill and then it's a battle of, of time and, and, and situation and space. Um, I'm a, I, I love the Minnesota receiving group. I, I, it's, it's a group that I could get behind. I love the fact that you have runners that have had success, uh, so you could lean on that, but I think that's a, a coordinator versus coordinator thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to the real meat and potatoes of this game, which is those offensive lines versus the defensive lines. Can one of them 
uh, impose their will. It's that Big Ten phrase. Can which offensive line can impose their will on the on, on the other uh, on the defensive line? That will determine the the the, the outcome of this game is mm-hmm. who can control the line of scrimmage um, and not make mistakes. Turnovers will certainly play a huge part of how this 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 game ends. Yep, I'm with you 100%. I I have to ask now, though, because I'm curious, with that rover talk that we've had a little bit on this defensive side of how important it is, what are your thoughts knowing that Nick Monroe, who is the Gophers cornerback coach, directly coached with Tony White over these last three years with Syracuse, having coached that rover and then the passing game, does that give you any worries when it comes to him knowing kind of maybe what to expect, or does it present an advantage to the Gophers, do you think, or – do you think Tony White kind of will have that in his the back of his head thinking, you know what, I know he'll think this so we can catch him off guard with this? Well, the, the reality is that the skill and the talent in the, on this defensive group at Nebraska is different than what it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you were using the same personnel in the same scheme, uh, it would be at a different aptitude and a different level this year. If you're betting that his tendencies, that Tony White's tendencies – don't adjust from year to year with personnel to personnel, then you're probably playing from behind. The worst thing Minnesota could do was to go back and look at at Syracuse's uh, play calls defensively and assume that Nebraska is going to use the same thing. Uh, there's Javen Buderite, who's six foot five, two hundred fifteen pounds, who moved from robo to linebacker. Well, guess what? If you're throwing the backs out of the backfield, it's different. You've you've got a you've got a whole huge machine out there. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to be able to identify uh, who's going to – is it going to be Tommy Hill as the nickelback on, on Minnesota's uh, slot receiver? Because that's a matchup. LSU, Tommy Hill matches up well with Minnesota in the slot. So that allows you to do some things. Matchups and personnel will play this thing. There will be a ton of game management. Um, tendencies don't really matter in game one. This is why game one bets are off because yeah. you, the new coaching staff, new rosters on both sides, new coordinators, and then two offensive coordinators on the Minnesota side that have to bounce off each other and play off each other before they can get plays on the field and agree with with, with what the plan of attack is. So um, coaches know coaches. Schemes, all coaches know the schemes. Then you're just trying to identify the personnel. And in game one, you don't have any tendencies for either team. You don't know what they're going to do in this down and distance. So at some point, you got your playmakers have to make plays. I feel that 100%. All right, Gophers fans, we are here with Derek Pearson, host of Locked on Huskers. I've got a couple more questions for him, then we're going to do quick predictions to wrap this one up. All right, so I have two final questions for you, Derek, and then I want to know what your thoughts are on this game. The first question is, if everything goes the way it should for Nebraska – what what happened? What went right, and how did they dominate in this game? And then my second question is going to be the inverse of that. So just kind of knowing what you're getting into here. But everything went right, so what happened for Nebraska to win this game? Everything went right in that Jeff Sims stayed on the field, was healthy, is plus, plus. Jeff Sims is plus, plus. He's, he's had a plus day with, with his feet. He's had a plus day with his arms, and that means don't turn the ball over, don't end drives. Nebraska's dream world is that every possession ends with a kick. As long as that's done, then they're in the game. They're in the game, and then you get a chance to win it. Uh, The other side of it is that there are two names that I'll put into play, MJ Sherman and Chief Borders. 
that those two players who will be all over the field in different situations, circumstances, and sometimes together, will have the ability to match up against a lineman or a running back who doesn't expect uh, their business and big plays happen. If they can get Cali Manis to, to actually put the ball in play in places that he doesn't want to do, like make him uncomfortable, make him right. think, okay, I see a thing that I don't really see. That's the perfect world for Nebraska. Oh, and by the way, that their freshman kicker uh, has a great day. Like those are the three big things for me. Don't turn the ball over. Uh, keep your, your 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 players healthy. Keep them to finish the game. And then you know what? Be difficult defensively. Be be in places and spaces that Minnesota's not expecting. Absolutely. All right. So then flip side of it, what happened? What went wrong? What do you think is the cause for concern for Nebraska if they end up dropping this game? Number one is dominated up front. If they're dominated up front on either side of the ball, it's a long day. It's a long day. Um, the offensive line, Teddy Prohaska is supposed to be a game time decision at six foot 10, 300 and you know, 30 plus pounds of Teddy Prohaska. Um, he's the best offensive line Nebraska has. If he's on the field, they're a better team. That's just the simple rule. Um, but they have to win both sides. They have to win the line of scrimmage, both sides of the ball. If you don't do that, you're putting too much pressure on players, new players, inexperienced players, and asking them to do too much. Um, they need to be able to run the ball, and they need to be able to stop the run. There it is. All right. So then the final thing I have for you is predictions. What is your gut feeling right now in the moment? How does this week one game end? So most people know that I I despise making picks because especially in week <laughs> one, because it's really just like here's the thing. Yeah, we have a absolutely. new coach, two new coordinators, uh, seven new coaches on the staff, uh, the Five best players on the team are all transfers. Uh, we don't know. We haven't seen this starting group on the field together yet. We yep. haven't seen this defense on the field together yet. What I know about P.J. Fleck and what I know about Minnesota is that they have had recent success against Nebraska, no matter who it was. Mm -hmm. So here's what I expect. I expect a competitive game, and I expect late turnover to determine how, how it ends out. Whoever's in charge of that, that's who will win the game. But that the, the whole thing is matchups make the competition, and there are things that Nebraska does well that Minnesota has difficulty with and vice versa. Then who who blinks? Who puts it on the field? Who puts it on the turf one time too many or misses a kick? That's how the game will be decided. I can believe it. I can believe it. Like I said on yesterday's show, the past three matchups have been one score games. This isn't going to be a cakewalk game, no matter the changes, no matter what the differences are from last year to this year. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a Big Ten battle. And I'm excited for it. Thank you so much, Derek, for joining us on Lockdown Golden Gophers today. And I am looking forward to this game. As always, be sure to hit subscribe over on YouTube, Row the Boat, Sky Yuma, Go Gophers, and don't forget to subscribe.